and welcome to Writing the Right with Mike and Jeff. Uh, we didn't get a chance to come on last week, but we got a lot of talking to do this week because of Joe Biden and his amazing success record continuing this week, winning all over the place. All he does is win. You know, he, he won on the Supreme Court. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. He won with the Philip. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. He, his approval rating is through the, no, it's through the floor, you know, so we'll get into a lot of things this week, but let's jump in first with something that's completely unrelated to all that. But I think a badge of honor for this podcast, at least for me, you know, as someone who grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh and listening to people bash Rush Limbaugh that I know for a fact, have never heard five seconds of this show. Um, I think it's a badge of honor as conservatives and podcasters that we've now joined the club of people like Rush Limbaugh, Ben Shapiro, uh, Matt Walsh and others that got trolled all over the internet this week because we decided to start doing advertising for this show. And we ran a targeted Facebook ad and the people that came out of the woodwork, aside from one individual that will be doing a kind of a crossover thing on his podcast, might bring him on for our nerd topic. Aside from that, we brought out crazies out of the woodwork, which that's fine. Crazies are going to come where they come. Uh, won't name names on that one, but someone who told us that they had uh, essentially been become the victim of satellite uh, attacks by the U.S. government um, and more or less the government trying to steal their thoughts and control their thoughts via satellite. So crazies. Uh, and then more importantly, the litany of trolls that we got on our Facebook page that called us everything from fascists to domestic terrorists for our podcast that I guarantee they've never even bothered to turn on once. So I personally think it's a badge of honor. It is. So I think Jeff's going to read off some of the things. I just want to let you guys Oh, definitely. I just want to let everyone know what our post was. So this is what our post said. Writing the Right is a conservative podcast where two engineers uh, discuss topics ranging from politics to comics. Michael and Jeff focus on finding the truth, being fair, using facts and common sense to analyze today's events. That seems pretty neutral to me. Besides the word conservative, that's, nothing else seems seems bad in that. Would, would you agree with that, Jeff? Maybe we're biased. I would. Oh, and the, the only other thing on there is our logo, the Writing the Right logo, which all, if you download this podcast or watch us on YouTube, you've seen. It's the right <laughs> red arrows, <laughs> of the chevrons, and the words Writing the Right. That is it. That was the whole post. Fairly innocuous. We didn't put something up there about how Biden stole the election. We didn't throw something up there about how trans people are uh, are crazy. Like there are a lot of things we could have said that would have brought these people out, but we didn't say any yeah. of those things. Right? You could have talked about the, what the, the crazy pedophile ring conspiracy. We just said could have talked about the fact that CNN is run by pedophiles, which is a, a, an actual fact. Mm -hmm. um, Instead, we said, like Mike says, all we said was that it happens to be a conservative podcast where we talk from politics to comic books and we find truth, be fair, use facts and common sense to analyze today's events. And that the only comments we got on the entire ad, first of all, it's very obvious to me because we did a targeted ad on Facebook, which was supposed to be targeted at people who like Ben Shapiro Matt Walsh, um, Donald Trump, things that we thought would fight, would align with the audience that we're likely to pull in for the show, right? I'm perfectly happy if people that do not like those things listen to us as well. But um, the majority of the people that, you know, commented, or actually, I think the entirety of the comments, minus one from a person yeah, who so wanted to reach out to us about a collaboration, every other group was somebody who clearly doesn't like any of those things. 
So let's see. I will, I'll start, I'll, I'll kind of pick and choose. I'm not going to read them all, but let's see. Uh, what, what are some of my favorites? Yeah, this, let's this, see. Here's one. I won't name names. So, and this is all on Facebook. So this is public on our Facebook page. You can go read these comments, but here's one. So are they going to address how conservative ideology is matching almost identically with scholastic examples of fascism and how they need to change that because being the Nazi is un-American? First of all, factually incorrect. As we have proven on this show numerous times, and we'll continue to prove, scholastic examples of fascism line up with one and only one ideology. That is progressive wokeism on the left. It does not line up in any way with conservatism. Never has, never will. No matter what the people on the left want to say and try to sell us on the fact that the right is fascist, that is not factually correct historically or currently. There are no scholastic examples of that. So first of all, you're wrong. Second of all, hilarious that that is, you see one word in our entire description of this podcast and immediately latch on and say, I need to go and blast these people that I've never met and who I've never spoken with. So good for you. It, look, if you think we're offended or, or discouraged by this, we're not. We, Mike and I no. laughed about this, texted back and forth. I think we should do this every week. This is fun. Oh, I, I think it's great. I, I, I hope we segment. continue getting the of the week. Yeah, so um, I, I would quick. absolutely this, be thrilled for that. Yes. I, I have no problem paying for ads. Just get haters out so we can make fun of them on, our, on the next podcast. So let's talk about fascism really quick. As Jeff said, it is clearly on the left because left and right, the left is, as you move further left, you get more government power until you get to a, a dictator. And on the right, you get less and less power until you get to essentially anarchy or living in the forest by yourself to no government. So fascism, which is a uh, dictatorship, is further to the left compared to conservatism like Jeff and I who essentially hate the government and want them to do as little as possible in our lives. I will say um, fascism does have a, a nationalistic point, and I guess conservatives are more patriotic than liberals who are more global and love everybody. So patriotism is closer to nationalism, but it's a corruption of patriotism. It isn't actually is what patriotism is. So, I mean, on that point, yes, but on the whole political part, which is kind of the main thing, it's not. And also fascism has a racism point of view, which is also on the left, which Jeff and I have talked about several times mm -hmm. about, you know, the Democrats forming the, the KKK, um, the 13th Amendment being pushed to have that prison system in it because of the, the Democrats. So you can still have slaves. Jim, uh, Jim Crow laws, Jim, Jim Crow, Crow laws, 100 percent by the Democrat Party. Yes. Uh, the redlining. Um, by the Democrats actually first started in Cali, the most liberal place in the United States now. Uh, well, maybe Washington hasn't beat now. We can talk about that. It's fighting like, against the podcast. civil rights movement, 100% the Democrat Party. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> like, Revitalized the KKK Party in the 1920s. There's a lot of things that they've done wrong. So. Yeah, and, and on that one point, since you brought up national, because you're right. The, the thing that, that Democrats want to, or, and, and leftists want to latch on to that, that conservatives are fascist because we're nationalistic is there is a, it's a perversion. I do love your, I like your leftist tears, uh, Tumblr. Okay. So shout out daily wire. We would love to be a daily wire podcast. If you want to uh, come and sponsor us, we'd be happy to do it for very, very, very cheap. Yes. Um, virtually for nothing. Virtually for nothing. Uh, maybe, maybe, I, I maybe, maybe, like we pay you. maybe we pay you. We don't know. Yeah, just, just distribute us. Anyway, 
so shout out Daily Wire. And Daily Wire won a big Supreme Court case, which we'll get into later. But yes, we will. not only is it a perversion of, of patriotism, like Mike said, but there's a bigger piece to it, I think, that, that the left doesn't want you to pay attention to, and that's this. The only reason they are not nationalistic right now is because the concept of fascism and socialism requires that the entirety of what the basis of the United States is be broken down. So for them to do that, they have to hate the United States because the United States was built on individual liberty and individual exceptionalism and your ability to achieve in a capitalist society. So you have to tear all that down. So in by consequence, you absolutely hate this country. So the mm -hmm. fact that conservatives love this country does not make us nationalists. It makes us patriotic about what the foundation of this nation is. I do not hate the West. I do not hate Western countries, us outside of the United States. What I hate mm -hmm. is socialism and fascism, which mm -hmm. all stem from countries that have a lot of government control. Exactly. And the, to your point, we hate the government. We don't hate any of the people. Like, I don't have issues with uh, the North Koreans or Chinese. I have a problem with the Chinese government and the North Korean government. But the average citizen, I honestly, I don't I think actually feel sorry for that. Have. Yeah, I do, too. I, actually, I feel empathy uh, for those people. Yeah. Actually, uh, my wife and I, we went out to see Shen Young, which was like a chinese um they call it a play but it was more i won't say i won't say a dance recital but it was, it was more dancing than and less actual play about like mm -hmm. how china was before communism and i thought it was, it was pretty good mm -hmm. aside from the fact that you just described it as a dance recital which makes me have zero interest in it it sounds interesting so so the, the tagline was china before communism so in my mind i thought it would be a play about like the history and culture mm -hmm about china then like it ends with the chinese government taking over but no, and, and that, like, con that concept sounds great like i said i'm not i'm not dogging it it's that sound concept sounds great describing it as a dance recital not a great way to get me to watch it that's like somebody saying hey jeff you should go watch the nutcracker it's really popular thing is the nutcracker is a ballet that is exceptionally boring so i have no intention of doing that right it, I, it, yeah it's a, it's a chinese ballet but like i i was expecting an actual play and not, yeah, I, I'm all in for plays. I, I love I love plays, but regardless, that's neither that's not really the point. It was it, <laughs> just a comment I wanted to make. <laughs> I couldn't think of like a, a better way of saying this. So I was like, all right, let's go with dance recital. But yes, a Chinese ballet and not a play. <laughs> so I want I want to talk about a couple more comments from our haters because they're they're very funny to me. So a reply to that initial comment I read, one of them says, despite the Proud Boys literally referencing themselves as literally referring to themselves as fascists, excuse me, they even call their haircuts the fasci. Conservatives have contorted themselves to say that liberals are the fascists, along with the with saying the Klan is a democratic group, since they seem to be truly embracing fascism. It's weird that they'd want to give some someone else credit in the same way they want to give Antifa credit for attacking the U.S. on 1-6, despite their supporting the attack. A lot to unpack here. Number one, uh, I don't know if any of that claim about the Proud Boys is true. I have never heard that from anywhere else on the internet or anywhere else. So we're going to do some fact checking throughout this podcast to see if that's true, but fairly yeah. certain that's bold, uh, bold based. So um, I watched a, a podcast like months ago about the Proud Boys founder. Um, so one, they said like you get initiated by like they'll like punch your arm while you either, like recite five different types of cereal. So it's a giant like joke organization. 
it's not nothing to be taken serious. So what happened was like that, the founder or whatever, he kept getting attacked. So like a group kind of formed around him to like keep him safe. But it wasn't meant to be anything. Like even like the the leader, uh, I think he's he's Cuban. I well, uh, Cuban or Puerto Rican, I can't remember Puerto which, Rican. but yeah, he's not white, even though this is a white supremacist uh, group. So the Proud Boys thing, fairly certain, is a lie. Um, mm -hmm. about them having the fashy haircut and calling themselves fascists. Never heard either of those things before. Uh, let's see. Secondly, conservatives have contorted themselves to say that liberals are the fascists and the Klan is a democratic group. Both of those are not contorting anything. They are simply statements of fact, as we have laid out a thousand times. We laid it out mm -hmm. five minutes ago. I'm not going to do it again. It is simply a statement of fact. You can choose to pretend otherwise, but it is a well-known fact that every major congressman that was a part of the Klan is a Democrat. Yes, including the one that um, taught Hillary Clinton. I just want to throw that out there. And Biden's and best one of friend. Joe Biden's best friends. The Grand Wizard. That's what he was. Or Grand Dragon. I, I don't know. I can't I remember what, what they're... I don't remember their stupid ranks. No, see, because yeah. the thing is, conservatives don't actually know the Klan ranking system because we are not part of the Klan, unlike you Democrats who are very beholden to that. Um, yeah. Last thing I want to throw Biden. out there is... The, the, the Antifa getting credit for the 1-6 attack that we support. Let's make two things abundantly clear. I said this right after January 6th, and I'm going to say it again. January 6th oh, wait, was not wait, an insurrection. So our, our podcast where we said riots are bad, okay? In that podcast? Riots are bad, okay? The, the title episode, actually. Go check it out from about a year ago. So if you rioted at the Capitol on January 6th, and there were people that did, you deserve to face criminal charges for that. We, dis we never disputed that from day one. But if you believe it's an insurrection, you are either incredibly naive and believe everything the, inner, the government and the news tell you, um, and, and I would suggest that you start to think more critically, or you're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> One of those oh, things, so you're either naive or you're choosing to be a moron yes, because yes. it was not an insurrection. Very true. Um, and I think Cruz interviewed the FBI director either this week or last week, and the last FBI week. director okay, refused to, to say that there weren't FBI agents uh, part of that riot and they weren't said she could not answer that question under oath mm -hmm. could not answer that question so you tell me what that means uh, exactly. it, it's very easy to say no if that's a not a true statement but yes. she refused to say and, that under oath yes and i also wanted to point out that trump told pelosi and the dc mayor that we're expecting a lot more people than we initially thought up 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 the police and they both said no so Nancy Pelosi, who's in Trump charge of National Guard people for the for January 6th. Yes, Again, I don't think it was an insurrection. Yeah, no. There was no if, if there was an attempt to over like the only person who was harmed during January 6th was one of the one of the, the protesters that was shot by a police officer. No one else was harmed right. during January 6th. So there was someone who had a, a heart attack a few days later. So they blamed that on the insurrection. Yeah. So it wasn't an insurrection. It's moronic to call it one. But okay, so that comment taken aside. Last one I want to mention, and then actually there's two more I want to mention because I think they're both funny. The next one, and this one was funny to me because of all the things we were called domestic terrorists, fascists. Uh, this one, those are kind of expected. We were called, those were expected. <laughs> yeah, those were exactly those. I those are kind of again. I take them as a badge of honor. One that actually irritated me <laughs> was someone called us rhinos. So they, it said, the wording you use suggests you're probably, by the way, this comment by the same person from the comment I just read, who clearly hates Republicans and conservatives. So rhinos is a derogatory term 
about conservative Republicans that are not conservatives. So I don't understand where like, you can. You, yeah, they're like download yeah. Democrats. <laughs> yeah. So so I don't understand exactly why the person who just a minute ago called us fascists is now calling us rhinos. But he said the wording you use suggests you're probably rhinos. Conservatism doesn't thrive in places where people are allowed to freely check facts. Think fact checkers survive in conservative states like Russia, Afghanistan or Syria? Um, No. That's why the Republican Republic Party, we should say Republican, has deeply committed themselves to attacking fact checkers, whistleblowers, truth tellers, etc. Having people freely report facts is an existential threat to conservatism. So much wrong with uh, that. First of all, yes. here's far from rhinos as we get. <laughs> yes, but I, w- I just want to say really quick that Facebook under oath has said, yeah, our fact checkers aren't really fact checkers. They're just kind of giving their opinion. That's why we, we call it the fact checkers, because they're not actually checking facts. They're just people on the left who disagree with it. So they're like, well, this isn't technically true because of this, this, and this. Which we can't, which don't, we're not going to cite our sources on that because we don't have them. Because our sources are some dude in the, in the office. Exactly. So, yeah. So number one, fact checkers are not fact checking. Number two, we're as far from rhinos as you can get. We call out rhinos on a daily basis. That's why it irritates me to be called that. Like if you listen to this podcast, you'd know that that's very much not what we are. And lastly, the the great stupidity to say something like think fact checkers survive in conservative states like Russia, Afghanistan, or Syria. <laughs> um, no, dude, pull your head. Not conservative. Yeah, not like, those are authoritarian them. states. Thank you for lay, laying out the exact point we have a problem with. That you've laid out exactly what the left is trying to do here is what's going on in Russia, Afghanistan, or Syria. Those places have state-controlled media. Exactly. So it, it, it was. It's it's just hilariously ignorant that somebody like. That's, that's your big attack on us as conservatives, is that we are too much like Russia, Afghanistan, and Syria. If any of these people ever opened a book, it might actually make their minds blow. Like, I, I genuinely, their brains might explode. Not figuratively, I mean literally. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, how can you be so wrong in the inf- information era? Like, you can literally get any information that you want. And then you can take that information and recheck it a thousand times. I, I don't, I don't like the the f- flat earthers. Like, how do you still exist when you're using a phone that relies on a satellite? Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I, it's, it's just weird to me. I, it's yeah. mind-bogglingly stupid, is what it is. And that's so. This is the last comment. And this person just posted a meme because. Um, the left is too lazy and stupid to type their own comments. So they just posted an image, but it says John Wilkes Booth thought he was a patriot. He was not. Lee Harvey Oswald thought he was a patriot. He was not. Three percenters, proud boys, oath keepers, KKK think they are patriots. They are not. Everyone who stormed the capital, the U.S. Capitol, think they are patriots. They are not. They are all domestic terrorists. That is a complete non sequitur to to anything about our podcast. <laughs> all, um, all right, cool. Thank you for laying out your opinion on a what domestic terrorists are and b that has nothing to do with anything about us. So thank you for yeah. laying out your opinion. It's like, it's like yeah, those people suck. Okay, we don't yeah. like them either. What's, what's your yeah. point? <laughs> the, the the clear association you are making is that we are uh, domestic terrorists. The problem is that you don't actually have any basis to your thought. Um, you just have insanity. 
So good for you. Uh, that is one of 21 comments we got on our uh, podcast ad. So really fun. If you get bored, go read it. It was amusing to me. Um, a lot of people that for some reason <laughs> think that this is going to like, if you think this is going to discourage us again, I find it a bad, I would be happy to have more people comment on us and like this. And you know what? Uh, these people are a bunch of cowards who are going to stand and sit behind their keyboards and then go back to their echo chamber. So yeah, someone, I'm someone, not worried about it. Someone called us a, a clown and then blocked us. So we couldn't respond back. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> and then he like commented only some written house stuff and said he was a murderer. I was like, mm, not according to uh, the trial by according to a court of law. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Fun times. All right. Back to the actual politics and writing the right. Let's make fun of Biden and his abysmal approval rating. So 33% Biden, in Quinnipiac, by the way, in this last week, for everybody who doesn't know, 33% approval rating for the sitting president of the United States of America in a very liberal university poll. Yeah, I think that's like where Trump was like right after the riots. Yeah, when he was already <laughs> voted out of office. Yes, we already voted out, and then he 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 has the uh, the speech on the same day, and the riots occur. That's when his approval rating was at thirty three percent. Biden just hasn't done anything. It's yeah. So all right, let's let's break this down. In the the year that Biden has been in office, we've completely ruined the all the time we were in Afghanistan in what a week. Um, yeah. Our inflation is at 7%. Um, a 40-year high. A 40-year yes, high. Yes, it is true. To be fair, that is on Trump and Biden because they were both passing multi-trillion dollar um, bills. But Biden could have stopped and he didn't. So he's a part of that 7%. Um, he's supposed to... Let me let me jump in for a second. Okay. Go for it. To be, you're right. To be fair, that is on Trump as well because I called Trump out while he was still the president for endorsing two weeks to slow the spread, which became three and a half years um yeah that's because we're right we're conservatives not republicans all right go ahead sorry yes so it it is on trump as well like mike said however let's talk about some of the specific biden policies beyond the trillion dollar stimulus stuff that also drove this um shutting down oil pipelines in the united states pulling a bunch of oil leases in the united states those types wait, of wait, things wait. are driving massive amounts of inflation because inflation is tied to consumer goods. And what are consumer goods tied to? The cost of fuel. So, so Jeff, what you're saying is if you take oil away and people need to use oil, then it drives up the price of everything? Is that, that is that what it? I'm saying. I know it's a novel okay. idea. It's a novel concept okay. to people who've never conceptually understood basic economics. Uh, but yes, that is what I'm so, saying, Mike. Okay, so let's make sure I'm on the same page. So you restrict oil, but people still need oil. So the price of oil goes up. So everything that relies on that oil also goes up. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I just, it's fundamentally I, I only, unfair that... A... Okay, so I'm only an engineer, but I just want to make sure I've graphed this one-on-one economics thing about supply and demand. Guns and butter. I, as our I know it's fundamentally unfair. Jen, Jen Pisaki told us all how unfair it was that a company would raise the prices because their prices are going up. And I, you know, I, I get that that's conceptually unfair to everyone. But yes, Mike, that is exactly the case. So yeah, like I said, it is on okay. Trump for some of the decisions he made early on in the pandemic. I called those out at the time, was furious about them at the time, still yes, am. Yes. 
However, the decisions that Biden has made since pushed inflation into hyperdrive. Mm -hmm. So that's really the cause is the fact that we, oh, and by the way, at the same time, we removed sanctions on Russia for uh, pushing their pipeline that was going to supply Germany with oil. So it's cool for the Russians to do it. But if the U.S. wants to be energy independent, when we were a net exporter of oil under Trump and we are now a net importer of oil again, you know, that's that's the problem. So mm. um, anyway. Okay. okay, cool. So once again, if you need oil, we should have oil instead of having less oil that that's what i would do but i'm just okay. i'm just a dumb guy like, like your mountain your mountain dew bottle that's plastic so it's made from oil as well as your your computer screen i see your chair you're sitting in your headphones um probably that bag back there has some sort of plastic on it um maybe that computer i can't your printer that i can't see she's saying everything okay so i'm saying what you're saying is Almost everything is made of plastic that we use, which is made from oil, and therefore we should we need oil to make the stuff cheaply. Okay, cool, cool. Make sure I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Thank you. Oh, and it all I'm comes over. It all comes to us from overseas on ships that run on oil, not on. You know, we don't we don't use sailboats to cross the ocean anymore. Uh, we do not. So you know, uh, the ships are coming over based on oil, or the trucks driving down the road on oil. Um, yeah, that, that kind of thing, conceptual. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Thank you. Um, so let's, let's continue also down the list of Biden's amazing yes, accomplishments. Yes. So let's Afghanistan, also talk about inflation, uh, the student debt crisis that he promised that we we're going to wipe it all away. And then he went to like 10,000. Then he went to like nothing. And now he's like, well, we'll just push it back until I think it's May now. Something so, like that. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. I my loans are all consolidated, so I have to pay them anyway. So, because my loans yeah. aren't government, but nice. Um, but yeah, not really. I would like, like to not be paying them. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, I disagree. Well, I disagree with the political decision. Um, I'll take advantage of it if the government's not going to dip into my pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I could pay mine off, but like if they uh, forgive the ten grand, I'm like all right, cool. Then that knocks out the rest of my student loans. So I'll just wait until they restart it, and then I'll just I'll knock them out if I uh, need to knock them out. But yeah, so the and just to go really quick, the problem with student loans is the fact that the government gives you gives student loans with uh without having to be really qualified for those those loans, and hence you get a lot of people with hundred hundred grand in in debt with like an arts degree that then can't use that degree or it doesn't create produce enough of a salary to pay it off well yeah the problem with student loan i mean there we could go on a tangent maybe we should about the issue with student loans is the it's really the issue with the american education system right which is that fundamentally we allowed the academics in this country to infiltrate the minds of every common american into the belief that everyone needed to go to college that college was the only next step after high school, that if you didn't go to college, you were in some way a failure. And then we got every company to start believing that to get a job, you had to have a four-year degree. Even if it's completely unrelated to the field in which you will be working, you could be going to be a data entry person, but you need some degree, whether it's related or not, could be art history, could be political science, could be engineering. You need a four-year degree to have any job in the United States. And then once they got everybody doing that, 
because it was all part of their elaborate plan. And, and this is going to make me sound conspiratorial and I don't care because I'm right is this was part of the elaborate plan to get people in the education system longer, which is why they're now pushing universal three, uh, universal pre-K as their next thing, which Mike and I talked about months ago. And I said, I am against it because what they want is they want your child from three years old until they're 22. So they can indoctrinate them with what they want to believe, which is why we have the Gen Z generation is the most socialist generation in American history, because we've mm -hmm. got all these kids going to school, being taught by socialist professors, being indoctrinated with pro progressive propaganda. And so that was, that was ultimately their goal is to get academia to be a major part of American life. The other piece of it, and this is the important piece that people overlook, um, you know, when, when they say what I just said, because a lot of people, I think, buy into my, this is a socialist <laughs> trap, um, it's conspiracy. I don't think it's really yeah. a conspiracy though, but, but yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, it's been proven, right? We, we see it, we see what's happening. It's proven to be happening. It doesn't happen yeah. at some schools, but it happens by and large in academia. But the other thing well, that happened so, is, so, yeah, so go like ahead. To go on, on to your point, what happens is like, if you have, um, like conservative or moderate professors, they have no problem hiring like liberals they, they want like a uh everyone a diverse thought yeah, yes the diverse thought but when the liberals come in they only hire, hire liberals so once you or i'll call them leftists not liberals so once you get a leftist in it is it's just going to swing all the way over versus trying to keep that balance that's exactly so that's, yeah, why, that's like, exactly yeah, right that's why there's this um schools like in the south where it's more conservative so the professors or more conservative, even if they're maybe they're they're liberal instead of leftist. That's why they're better schools because there's still a well-rounded um, education or or uh, diversity of ideas. Because that's when it's you, also when you talk about diversity. That's what the type of diversity you want. Diversity of ideas, not skin color or gender or all that crap. Exactly. And that's also why tech schools tend to be lean a little more conservative is because those people are dealing with fact-based science where there is a right or wrong answer mathematically or mm -hmm. scientifically, as opposed to when you get to liberal arts schools where there is no right or wrong answer in how you interpret a painting or how you interpret a book. And so they can tell you how to think in a, in a technology-based school, typically this, now that doesn't mean they're not uh, progressive because they're becoming more progressive and you can see it at schools like MIT and others, our own alma mm -hmm. mater as a great example as well, but they're, yep. they lag the trend. They're a little bit behind the rest because it takes longer to change that type of thinking. Anyway, well, it's, it's hard to change those type of people that go to that type of school as well. Like everyone at Kettering believes they're 100% right. So it's hard for a professor to influence them more than as opposed to a, a liberal which is a more of a i guess free thinker or more capable of being and they're more malleable yeah i, I, we, I personally we, believe their minds are more malleable yeah which makes sense because i mean that's how artists need to be or writers need to be and engineers we need to be one plus one equals two and there's nothing that can mm -hmm. change that for our, for us the function for our job functions so i, I get the reason Correct. why but I think that's, that's so, part of why, because I think even if you go to like a liberal college, the engineering part of that college is going to be more conservative, at least mindset wise, compared to the liberal arts class. More so than a tech school, more so than than the rest of the school, more, more, however, left, I think, than a, a purely tech based yes, school yes, would be my assertion. Yes, I agree with that. Um, 
but the, the, here's the second piece that I think is fundamentally important everyone understand as well. And this is where we get to the, the student loan crisis is once they got everyone believing this idea that you couldn't get a job without a four-year degree, which makes no sense. We've talked about this before. There are plenty of people that should just go straight from high school into a career because there are a lot of jobs you learn 100% of your job on the job. Nothing yeah, you're learning plumber, in school is applicable. Electrician, secretary. Not even just – those are all good examples. Logistic. Trades are – Trades are good examples. I'll even use mm -hmm. I'll even use some of my own family. A lot of my family works in the telecommunications industry because um, started with my dad who worked in radio communications for the Air Force. And when he got out of the Air Force, went to telecom, ended up getting my cousin and my brother jobs in telecom. Mm -hmm. My cousin, both brothers, neither one, none of the three has gone to college. Um, mm -hmm. All of them doing very well in their career in telecommunications because everything they're learning about managing telecommunications lines, the things they're doing, um, is stuff you're going to learn on the job because they're not doing network engineering per se, but they're learning a lot of network engineering type things, but a lot of it's learned on the job. You don't have to go to school for that. And mm -hmm. really that's true of most jobs in actuality, even as an engineer, some of the best engineers I've worked with were guys that started out as draftsmen and things, and then kind of learned as they came up through the ranks because they did go to school. Now you can't do yeah. that nowadays. You'd never get the job, but 40 years ago, you could start as a draftsman and become an engineer over time because you which learn. Which is sad. Sorry, that you can't. Which is sad. Yeah, that you can't because like a lot of our jobs, a lot of engineering jobs, you don't really need thermodynamics or fluid mechanics. Heat I have never in my career used thermodynamics or fluids. Or I know you do because you do different types of engineering than I do. Yeah, in more, my like, career. And exactly. I've been around manufacturing for a long, for my entire career, have done, have been in all kinds of different organizations, all kinds of different manufacturing plants that make all kinds of products. Not a, I take that back once in my co-op, which was an internship, I used heat transfer. The rest of my career, I've never used thermo. I've never used fluids. I've never used heat. I've never even used stacks. I don't do any of that. Yeah. And then like the AutoCAD can be learned quite easily. Mm -hmm. The people I know that are the best at AutoCAD are not engineers. They're people who just learned how to do AutoCAD because they're CAD designers. Even, That's what they do. Right. That's their whole job. Exactly. And they've been doing it their entire life. Or their so, entire career. Yeah. So it, it's very sad that a lot of these people can't get, because you couldn't get that job now. But my point is most 90% of jobs you learn on the job with the exception of certain types of engineering, medicine, and law. And even law, yeah. I really think you could learn on the job. Most of law school is telling you how to be a lawyer, but in actuality, most of that you could learn on your own. You could learn by practicing law. Yes, if yes, you were I feel allowed to do I that in the that. United States. You could. Yeah, um, you can do that in, in California. Um, Kim Kardashian. Certain states you can take the bar without having a law degree, but it's very few. I think there's only like four states in the U.S. Yeah, but yeah, allow it, you to it, take it the bar be. without it. So yeah, you can skip law school and become a lawyer technically in the United States. But yeah, I still feel no matter what we change for the education system. Doctors still need to go to med school. I'm not. I'm not trusting someone trailer high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's a, like I'm not saying college is for no one. Look, I went to college. I have two master's so degrees. I, I went to college so much. So I, I, I am not sitting here saying college isn't for college is for no one. Uh, what I'm saying is college is not for everyone. And yeah, what we did is I'm we allowed saying, academics. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I mean. I'm saying because you, you brought a doctor and lawyer at the same time. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but we allowed. But we allowed. We allowed academics to convince everyone that you can't get a job now. You can't even get an interview in many companies if you don't have a four-year degree. So it made it so that kids who don't go to college are basically failures. So every kid goes to college, which is why parents are in a panic about whether or not their kids get into college now. 50 mm -hmm. years ago, that was not the case. Many kids didn't go to college. 
because many kids are going to go into the trades or they're going in the military and they're going to start making money right away. And that's the right course for some people. But yeah. once they got Probably everybody bought people, into that, to be honest with you, for, I would say the majority, if you're going to go to a liberal arts school, you are better off not going to college because liberal arts schools, this is something people forget is in the forties, fifties, liberal arts schools were still there. Right. But what they were was they were a luxury for rich kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like because it was politicians sent their kids there to learn how to speak so they can become politicians. Exactly. Because it was people who already had a job lined up because they knew you weren't going to get, you're not going to get a job studying French literature. It's not going to happen. The only jobs you're going to get are teaching French literature. Mm -hmm. So anyway, once we got everybody bought into that, then they said, ha, now we've got everybody by the balls. We can raise the, because the cost of school was much, much lower before that. College was much cheaper, except for the very expensive private schools like Harvard. Then mm -hmm. everyone started having to go to college and then state school tuition started to rise and everything became very expensive. And then the government got into backing loans so that everyone could go to school because, well, people can't afford to go to school. Have, if I remember correctly, is when they started doing that. Uh, that sounds about right. So they had, you know, but they, they ran into this crisis. Well, we've got this, we've got this captive audience of consumers, but they don't have the money. We've got some, and, and no bank is going to give them money because who would give money to an 18 year old that can't guarantee they can pay it back. It's insane. So then the government comes in, in the seventies and says, we'll make sure they can get the money and you can have all the kids go to school. And ever since then, we've been in a student loan crisis because they raise the price mm -hmm. of tuition. It's not, look, when prices raise, typically it's related to some type of supply and demand. There is nothing like that with academia. It simply raises the amount of kids going yeah. to a school. Can it raises decrease. like 7%. It raises like 7% a year. It keeps up like the stock market almost. Yeah. And it, well, and what's even funnier is like, I'll use again, our own alma mater as an example enrollment decreased and tuition increased so it's not supply and demand you're not saying ha we've got so many people coming we'll just we'll get we'll charge more to get in the door no it's like people didn't want to go here and so we're going to charge more anyway because we want to make more money yeah and, but and there, you can't do anything about it because you either pay it or you don't go to school yeah and what's crazy is a lot of the professors there um were making less than what we're making as like <laughs> just graduating our, our first our first job so it's like, where's all this money going? Because it's not going to the actual professors. Yeah, and they're all getting money from the government. Like, they're like all getting government grants. Hmm? Well, they, yeah, in, the, in our case, that's what the school is doing. They're buying, and that's actually what a lot of schools are doing is buying buying up real estate. But they also yeah. these, in addition to tuition, these schools are all getting federal government grants and things too to go and study garbage. So that's my point. I I know that was a big tangent. But I think it's important because those. that is the, the student the student loan crisis is driven by the left. In the whole push to get everybody forced into academia, we also created the student loan crisis because it's a way of controlling the populace. Mm -hmm. Everyone is beholden to the government now because everybody has student loans. It's virtually impossible to find somebody without student loan debt unless their parents saved up and put them through school. And look. Some, I know some people whose parents did pay for school. I know parent, people who didn't. Mine did not because they didn't have the money. And you can have either opinion on that. But the reality is that was not that common 50 years ago either with that parents were worried about paying to get their th kids through college because it was more of a, if you want to go to college, you're going to work yourself through college because it was doable. It was achievable. You could mm -hmm. afford that. Or yeah. you could get a scholarship. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just funny that like, people complain about the older generations because like they were able to just work and 
worked away at the college. So like, yeah, they went to college before the government got involved. <laughs> there's a, there's a mm-hmm. reason why they were able to to pay for it. Because yeah, like I was looking at the the prices of of college, and literally like once the government got involved, it started jumping up at seven percent a year. Before that, it was like one two percent, pretty much keeping up with inflation, which is what you expect. Obviously. Yeah, I, I expect then, prices to cost to rise because costs rise on everything with inflation. But that's how it is. But like you said, when they start keeping up with the stock market, not with inflation, granted 7% today matches inflation. Um, <laughs> but in the in the normal on average, on 7% average, 7% does not mark and does not match our inflation rate. Um, yeah. yeah, I expect pr- prices going up some is not that under uh, not that crazy because you're giving raises to professors, you're paying costs of facilities. I understand right. that. But when you keep up the stock market, you're just lining up. people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like when they were doing the all the online stuff, and Harvard was still charging full price for online education, which I think was like sixty k a year to sit in Zoom all day. Like, okay, like this should make it clear to everybody that the education system is corrupt. Because there's no reason why you should be paying sixty k for a Zoom class. Especially because Harvard has a bunch of classes for free online already. Mm-hmm. Well, Harvard also has enough of an endowment that they could send every single person at Harvard to go to school for free for decades and they would still have money. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we could get into that grift later. So that's my rant about the education system. So, all right. So Biden has failed at Afghanistan, the um, inflation, student loan crisis. What's next, Mike? Um, well, COVID, um, last year he officially, um, or the, the COVID deaths, um, have officially trumped 2020 and 2021. So there's more people who have died when there was a pretty a full year of the vaccine than before the pandemic or before the vaccine started. So COVID, um, elimination has failed completely because he was pushing that the uh, pandemic was. Uh, un- was uncontrollable by Trump, but he was going to get in and he was going to put a stop to it immediately. And, well, people lie, numbers don't. That's <laughs> the best way so, to put it. Well said, Mike. So funny thing about that. So number one, massive failure. Agreed. Number two, though, because of that massive failure, we talked about this last week on our episode or last episode, narratives changing again. But because of that, the narrative is changing. We've seen the CDC come out and say somewhere between 75% and 94% of people that died had four or more comorbidities. And which we said last year. Yeah, which we said from from the jump almost. um, Mm -hmm. That, you know, they're now coming out and saying that. We said it it based off of the CDC's data. (laughs) Like I was going to CDC.gov and pulling data, and I was just reading off off the website. But somehow people at the CDC felt that they didn't need to say that for two years. All right, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, it's funny how that works. So no, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Using CDC, the CDC's own data, Mike and I discussed this a number of times. Um, in addition, they're now saying the majority of COVID hospitalizations, both past and present, were with people that were hospitalized with COVID, not because of COVID, meaning you went in for a broken bone or, um, you know, some type of other thing and you were tested for COVID because that is the protocol they've put in place and you happen mm-hmm. to have COVID, but you were not symptomatic of COVID, therefore not needing hospitalization due to COVID. Another fact that Mike and I pointed out using the government's own data, 
year uh, over a year ago that has now become commonly spoken about. So Biden failed to shut down the virus. We had more deaths because of COVID in 2021 than we did in 2020. And now they're having to rewrite the history book to say, actually, we didn't have more deaths in 2021 because most of those people didn't die because of COVID. So they're trying to change what's happening because Biden had such an epic failure on the COVID front. Yes, yes. They're also starting to uh, attack masks. Um, so Bernie Sanders came out, uh, had an Instagram post showing that uh, if you wear a cloth mask, then you you're you can't spread the disease for like 20 minutes. And if you go maskless, it's like 15 minutes. So cloth masks essentially do nothing. Uh, which we also pointed out, like I was talking about how there's no point in wearing a mask at a grocery store because you're not around anybody for 15 minutes unless you're a crazy stalker person. Uh, keeping track I'm of around family. everyone for 15 minutes at the grocery store. If you are in the same aisle as me, I will follow you to find out everything that goes in your cart before I will continue my shopping. Yeah. Like if you if you if you if you grab like a steak or something like hmm I wonder what he's want to make maybe I'll try that too. Some, sometimes I, I will actually around. ride on the front of their cart and just stare in the middle and breathe directly into their face. Ah, uh, that's a good technique. See what I do is I just run around the store so I can be around as many people as possible. So you know, coughing and spitting and sneezing as much as you can. Of course, I, I lick my hand and I just smack him in the face. You know, things like that's, that. that I, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to give that a shot as well. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get the COVID directly into the mouth. <laughs> By the way, people, we're joking in case the, the government tries to come for us for being domestic terrorists, for spreading COVID. I just want to point that that's out. That's true. Yeah, that's true. We've already been, I, I assumed that no one ever paid attention to our podcast, but like my good disclaimer to put out there, because for listeners, in case you were curious, we have been delisted on YouTube. Another badge of honor. One of our videos was delisted on YouTube for doing something that clearly falls under fair use. We showed that Elliot Page video, Ellen Page. Mm -hmm. Um, talking about uh, the, the Juicy Smollett. That's the official name. It's uh, it's it's talking a, about Juicy Smollett or Jesse Smollett. Um, talking about that. Thank you. I, I, I can never remember his actual name because Dave Chappelle <laughs> is that funny. <laughs> but so because we shared that video, our, our video on YouTube where you can actually watch us uh, was delisted by YouTube. Mike made me aware of that today. So another badge of honor in my mind, because we in no way violated copyright law by using that video because it falls under fair use. Uh, because to you, for anybody listening, to use those videos, all Mike and I have to do, we did research on this before we started sharing videos, which is why we didn't for a long time. All we mm -hmm. have to do is make commentary about those videos. We can, we need to use them for parody which requires commentary and things like that. We are definitely making commentary about that video. We're not simply playing it saying, here's your new source of J Elliot Page videos. Um, we are we are clearly using fair use um, and we've been delisted. So it's quite possible there is somebody watching our videos that I didn't know about. Because I honestly would have thought we'd never get delisted simply because that would require somebody to know we made it. Right. Like I would assume that requires someone to like report us. So yeah, I, I would think that you don't, there's no algorithm that tells them that video is on our thing, I would think. So somebody right. had to watch it and report that we did this, which, yeah. hey, it means somebody's paying attention enough to know that we should be reported. So thanks. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I would assume YouTube isn't constantly scanning every single video they put out. Yeah, I highly doubt that a page that has seven subscribers is high on YouTube's radar of people. To, I mean, like, we're not even monetized. So I don't think that they're watching us like those writing the right guys are at it again. Let's go tear them apart. I don't think that they care about us. So somebody had to have reported us. Whoever you are, thank you. Because Mike and I find it fun. Oh, guess what? We're up to 16 subscribers now. 
Are we really on YouTube? Yeah, we're up to 16. Are we jumped? Looks like, looks like, looks like the ad worked. Our ad might have worked. <laughs> we keep this up. Hopefully, we can break 30 by the end of the year. Double that number. We'll be monetized. We'll make that $5.50 done doing ads for HelloFresh. Yes, that's all I want to do. That's all I, I would love to do stuff. some ad reads on this show. I think it would be much more fun. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're we're kicking we're kicking uh kicking ass right now, Jeff. That ad really did did what it, it intended to do. So it's yeah, good I mean, to, know. to be fair, to be fair, we spent very little money on the ad. We got some trolls coming out of the woodwork. We got a crazy person interacting with us. Uh, we've got a collaboration coming up, and we've gotten some more subscribers. That ad, I'd say, is fairly successful. For 30 yeah, hopefully, well, like two bucks a day, something like Three that. Three bucks a day. Three bucks a yeah. day. Ran it for like two weeks. Making it so, rain. It's not bad. I can take that. Yeah. More ads coming, folks. That's all I want to say. More ads. <laughs> all right. So let's see. So COVID failure. COVID. What's oh, next? It's, it, uh, just this general failure with Kamala and having her as VP. I think that's a good one. Oh, you mean having probably the least popular vice president in history on the on the ballot with him? Yeah. In, in, in the White House? Let's see. He's at she 33%. The last I saw, she was at 28, but it's got to be lower than that now. I would assume so. To, and I to be fair, know. it's not like it's 28% agree or like her and like 72% hate her. The vast majority is like, I have no opinion of her whatsoever because she doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah it's really funny to me. I, I find it more funny that so many people can actively cannot just say uh, she doesn't do anything. So it's surprising that more people don't just say, like, in general, I'm fairly positive with her. I mean, she's OK. Yeah. <laughs> but the like, fact that I she's actively disliked. She's yeah, I, up, I find it funny. She's up from her 29, her 28 point low to right around the same as Biden at 33 percent. Well, good for her. Look at her climbing. So does that still put her below uh, Dick Cheney after he shot a guy in the face? I believe it does, yes. <laughs> Dick Cheney, a man that people equated with the devil, who shot a person in the face, was more likable than Kamala Harris. And i got to yeah. say, listening to Kamala Harris talk for more than three minutes does make me want to gouge out my eyes. Yeah. Just so to feel she, something. Yeah, she did an interview when they were asking her, uh, you know, the vaccine policy isn't working clearly there's people who are the people who don't want a vaccine or who don't have a vaccine aren't going to get the vaccine what are you going to do I'm like well we're just going to keep doing what we're doing i believe in that strategy it's going to keep working but like he's like and it was a let me get the exact <laughs> quote because it was ridiculous yeah she also told people to like do google <laughs> i don't know what that means that's that's an old person saying do a do a google do a google to find out that information I think just going I, to pull it up, but yeah, what's crazy is like it was uh, someone on the left. It was like a Democratic um, interviewer. Like, there's there's no way. Yeah, it was on USA God. Today. USA Today. Thank you. First, you know, thing MSNBC. But yeah, it was someone clearly on her side throwing her softball questions. Oh, here you go. You gonna pull it up right now? Yeah, I gotta fix it though because I forgot to share my audio. Which is, this is the one thing I don't like about this, is that audio isn't uh, shared automatically, but whatever. That's what it is. Yeah, like just, just share my audio. You know I want my audio shared. Oh, it's on mute, by the way. I know, I'm about to. Is it time? What point? 
This is very Georgia, irritating to me. I don't know why he keeps doing this. Yeah, this is NBC News exclusive. Maybe it was, uh, yeah, but it's got like four or, USA, or USA Today logo. Oh, all right. Are they owned by the same corporation or something? I have no idea. I didn't think so, but maybe. Okay. What point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working? We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? And it's throwing up, for those of you listening, throwing up a clip that says Harris refuses to endorse strategy. Bye. President Kamala Harris on Wednesday dismissed the notion that the administration should change its COVID mitigation strategy to contend with the highly transmissible and by all indications less virulent Omicron variant, insisting that the tools are available. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. (laughs) Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Harris's comments came just hours after Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House's top COVID advisor, conceded that just about everybody will ultimately contract Omicron. Yeah. Exactly. Given the COVID surge, six health experts on Biden's former advisory board published articles urging the country's leadership to reassess both the plan and strategy. While in early 2020, the articulated mission was to eradicate the virus, the number of strains suggests the governments and populations may have no choice but to coexist with it. And... We said this earlier because, or two years ago, because we're saying like, yes, this COVID is essentially like the flu. It's going to be around forever. The variants will change, but this will be here. Uh, I I love that quote, though. It's it's time to do what we've been doing, and that time is the everyday. Like, what does that even mean? She she's not even good. She's not even good at deflecting. Jeff, what it means is that what we've been doing, we need to do continuously and we need to do it every day because every day we need to do the strategy that we've been doing every day i don't see how you're confused about that it makes perfect sense to me ah good call i mean it was honestly like it reminded me of pimp my ride style memes like hey i heard you like <laughs> deflecting so i'm going to deflect while i'm deflecting like, she's not even good in interviews she offers the white house zero like look i can't stand joe biden as everyone who listens to this is well aware but i actually think that he is being done a disservice by his vice president. She's making him look worse, which I didn't think was possible. Right. Like, I can't think of a time where, like, the VP mattered and was, was affecting the president this way. Because most of the time, the VP is, like, is like in the shadows. No one cares about them. He's yeah, off The last time the VP was probably this missions. big was, what, Spiro Agnew? Yeah. I would say so. Who, by the way, if anybody is not aware, Spiro Agnew was uh, um, uh, Richard Nixon's vice president, excuse me, who resigned yeah. <laughs> uh, in mm-hmm. disgrace over um, Watergate and other things. And then ultimately, obviously, took uh, ended up, you know, wasn't enough. And Richard Nixon resigned. But Spiro Agnew is like the last time I can think of someone being this bad as a vice president. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who watch Futurama, he is the headless um, body that's walking around Nixon every time he's there. He's there. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that was the body of Agnew. Yes, it was. So, yeah, he, you know, I can't think of a vice president that has this much notoriety since Spiro Agnew, which was well before our time. He resigned in 1973. 
Mm -hmm. I don't like Mike Pence. Nobody paid attention to Mike Pence. Uh, Dick yeah. Cheney, nobody paid it. Nobody paid attention to Joe Biden when he was, was Obama's vice well, president. Well, the thing is, like, people didn't know about Dick Cheney. Like, it was like, it wasn't until, like, after the fact where people were like, well, I think Dick Cheney was actually in charge and George Bush was just, was just listening to Cheney. But no one was saying that at the time uh, of him being actually being president. It kind of came out afterwards. Like, I saw, like, there's a few um, documentaries, and I don't say documentaries, but there were a few films. Like one called Bush, and it made Bush seem like a okay guy, and pretty much Dick Cheney was the the dick, <laughs> and, and was doing everything that that caused um, Bush to look bad. Yeah, and whether or not that's true, nobody knows, right? But yeah, that's, no you're right. Nobody nobody talked about Dick Cheney. I mean, people talked about him in the fact that Democrats hated Dick Cheney face. and Bush. And well, and people hated Cheney face. and Bush, but that was about it. But like nobody talked about the first Bush under Reagan that much until he ran for president. Nobody talked about Al Gore under Clinton that much until he ran for president. Nobody talked about Biden under Obama. No. Kamala people Harris care. is constantly a headline, but only for negative reasons. Yes. People didn't care about Biden until the second term, like those last few months. And I saw a bunch of memes popping up of like Biden being compared to like Macaulay Culkin on Home Alone and like booby trapping the presidency for when Trump, <laughs> for Trump gets in. Like I still have a bunch of those memes on my phone. Uh, maybe I'll share that on our on our uh, page. You know what Please I'm talking do. about. Please do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, Harris is again. I I never thought I could say that anybody could. Biden doesn't need someone to make him look worse. He's doing plenty on his own. But somehow mm -hmm. Kamala Harris is actually making him look worse. Yeah, like we we honestly thought that Biden wouldn't make it a year, and Kamala Harris would take over. But I think I, I was positive. Yes, one hundred percent. Now it's like there's no way Kamala Harris can dump in because that's going to tank the Democrats even harder than what already Biden's doing. They would weekend at Bernie's Joe Biden's body before they would let Kamala Harris take the White House at this which point. I, which I'm they positive. Are, they are doing. They're already doing that. So <laughs> that, that's true. I mean, honestly, but like I, I thought for sure they would have removed him, and if they had a competent vice president, they would have. Mm -hmm. But they don't want they don't want Kamala Harris anywhere near the White House. So they're they're they they can't. And what's even funnier about that is because everybody knows Joe Biden is a shell of a human being, and Kamala Harris is the least likable person in in Washington. I don't know if you've heard this, Mike, but you have you heard the rumors about twenty twenty four? The, I've so I've heard that Biden and Harris won't be running. So well, well, let me pick it up. I've heard that they're going to drop Harris from the VP. Um, ticket, or Biden and Harris won't be allowed to run by the DNC. Those are two rumors. I've heard I've both heard. of those rumors as well. The other thing that's being played out is that they might trot out an old winner in Hillary Clinton to oh, run I for twenty twenty four. Everyone that. forgot about Hillary Clinton, except for Hillary Clinton. But apparently, yeah. the DNC is actually mulling running Hillary Clinton in twenty four. <laughs> here's here's the thing: if that happens. Trump's definitely going to run again. I, I personally don't want Trump to run. I think he's he's shifted the Republican Party in a direction that I like overall, but his time is done. I want someone younger. I would love DeSantis to run instead. Um, yep, we're on the same page. I, I mean, I, I, I even wouldn't, wouldn't mind a Trump and DeSantis president and VP. That, that wouldn't bother, I would, bother me. Look, I would, I would vote for that ticket, but I would rather DeSantis Be on president. his own 
And, yep. and, you know, there are quite a few people I could see that it would be good VP people on that yep. ticket. Also like uh, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Nikki Haley. Like there's, there's, a, I am, people. I am very, I am very cold on Dan Crenshaw for a number of reasons, which we can get into next week. I'll, I'll put some notes together and get into why cool. I've turned off on Dan Crenshaw. Um, Cause I think it's something that our listeners might want to hear. Um, Crenshaw though, I, I'm very cold on um, for That's a lot right. of, I, he, He's he's done some things that uh, I find very questionable, um, but Nikki Haley um, she wouldn't be the strongest person on the ticket, but could go. Christy Nome uh, could be a I'm, good one. I'm surprised you like Christy Nome. I'm iffy on Nome, but I'm less iffy on Nome than I am on Crenshaw. We'll get into it off the air, and then I'll put some notes together for next week. Okay. Yeah, sounds like good. Um, cool. But I think there's quite a few people that that would be a good. I look. The reality is Donald Trump, like you said, I think he's a good voice for the Republican Party. I think that we still need him to endorse candidates, um, mm-hmm. but he should not be running for president. Frankly, I'm tired of having geriatric presidents in general. Um, yeah. That does that was not the intention of like, look, the Constitution made it so you had to be a minimum of 35. They did not. I don't think that the founders intended that 85 year old men would be leading the country. Nope. And I, I will still continue to say this. I think the, the age should be tied into um, the re- age to get social security minus eight years so it's like there's you can't or four years whatever you want to do it so that you can't i would do four yeah like one term Mm -hmm. so right now it'll be capped at what 63 and a half something like that i don't remember the exact i'm so far off of it i don't know exactly it is i thought it was 67 but maybe it's not so yeah so you wouldn't be able to run if you were over 63 yeah but either way, yeah, like I would be fine with that. If you're not old enough, if you're young, old enough, you should be retired. And that doesn't mean you should not be running this country. We should do the same exactly. for the Supreme Court and for the House of Representatives in the Senate. Mm-hmm. All of it. All You should not be making decisions that impact the entire country when you're so old that you should be retired and not actively leading the nation. Well, it's just it's, a, it's so hard to be connected to the people when you're that old. And that's why I like I will want someone like in their 40s or 50s now because like, all right, you have you probably have a kid. So like you care about the generation after you. You obviously care about your current generation and then your parents are probably still alive. So you care about what happens to the the generation before you. So you're still Mm -hmm. connected to the entire age range. But when you're yeah, I'm honestly 35 to 50, I think is the right age, because at 35, I think you've got the life experience to be the president if you're the right guy. Yes. Like 80 is like, all right, you're talking about great grandkids like you don't care what happens to all kindergarten (laughs) maybe the show mike maybe the show needs to shift a bit because by 2024 i'll be 36 Mm. so maybe the show becomes a campaign show for jeff fantastic yeah this will this will just be my my presidential campaign i support it i'll run the white house well i get a cushy job jeff where i can make of course Fantastic. Well, isn't that exactly what the government is? Is just giving all your friends cushy jobs? Yes. That's why I just want to make sure we make it official on air so our, our fans can call you out if you don't give me this job. <laughs> no comment. Wow. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I'm <laughs> now making it my mission to tank your presidential career. All right. <laughs> um, next, next thing that Biden has failed on is the border crossings. <laughs> Which yeah, which are Kamala Harris's failure. 
yeah. Yeah, you, you mean the thing that she was in charge of and hasn't done once? Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> every year, or sorry, every month in 2021 was like a record for crossings. And um, well, yeah, every year was a, was a record, except for uh, uh, January and February, because they, they, those records were broken by 2022. Wait, hold on a second. This doesn't make sense. Let me back this up. All right. Well, while you look at that, we'll start talking about the next thing that Biden failed at. And this is probably the biggest thing that happened this week. Biden's mandate to try and fight the virus, uh, his vaccine mandate on uh, private employers of 100 or more that he was pushing through OSHA completely illegally, shot down by the Supreme Court this week. Biden failed to get the court on his side and is now, let's see, his uh, his eviction embargo, his, his eviction moratorium was killed. His mm-hmm. vax mandate was killed. So Supreme Court dealt a death blow to Biden, Biden on the virus, which was great for yes. America. And, and GE uh, already pulled their right. requirements as a... Yep. GE already pulled their requirements. Interestingly so enough, left is Nike healthcare. doubled down on theirs. That doesn't surprise me. No, Nike's a, uh, a horrible company. But interestingly enough, they doubled down on theirs and told their company employees if they weren't vaccinated by the 15th, which was yesterday, they would be fired. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not they follow through will remain to be seen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. They've got plenty of slave labor. Why pay Americans wages? Exactly. But GE, within hours, pulled theirs. And many companies will not move forward. So big win by the Daily Wire because they were were the uh, first company to sue over this and we're one of the companies that actually got pulled up to Supreme Court to argue. So um, really mm-hmm. big win by the Daily Wire. So good job there. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm on the uh, um, the Customs and Border Protection website. And this is why it doesn't make any sense. It's because they have data for October and November of 2022. So that's why I'm, I'm confused by this. That's but, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the government for you. Exactly. I'm can't sure it's a mistake. In, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is. But they can't even put data in wrong. I'm assuming that's for 2021 instead. That would make sense to me, but whatever. But anyway, so far in 2021, every month has been a record-breaking month compared to 19 and uh, 20. And the highest so far was in July, which was that. 200,000 crossings and keep in mind that it's a literal desert along the su- southern border. So you have 2,000 people crossing a, a desert and 200,000. Yeah, yeah 200,000. What did I say? Just 200? You said 2,000. I just want to make sure people understand uh, 200,000. Sorry. 200 213,593 encounters. That means there was more than that that we didn't encounter in July. And then in August, it was 209,840. And in 2019, it was at 81,000. So there's been a massive uptick. And yeah, October, November. Thank you, lack of any enforcement of our border control. Exactly. And October, November, it says 2022, I'm assuming it's 2021, was at 170,000, roughly. 165 and 175. For October, November, totally. mm-hmm. and before that, it was at seventy thousand. So, a hundred thousand more encounters, roughly, uh, in twenty twenty one, per month. 
But yeah. And that's Kamala Harris's only job. That's her only job. Because they can't trust her with anything else. As seen <laughs> by that interview that she did earlier this week. Well, there's a, there's a time, Mike, and that time is today, and the time is every time, and 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 at all times there is a time. And mm. We must be timely in paying attention to the time. Yes, yes, because time is internal, and external, and everywhere yet nowhere. So you must do something Thursday that we're going to do next week, and also two years in the past, Jeff. Every day, yet no days. I sound, I've never seen hey guys, I, I sound just as, as intelligent as a VP. So maybe I could, I could be your running mate. I mean, honestly, if you'll be old enough, <laughs> we, we'd have, we'd have, Hey, that gives us, according to, according to the Democrats, black people all vote in one in one direction. So if I put a black guy on the ticket, I'm guaranteed to win. Cause you yeah. are a high line. Yes, Joe Biden said that before. Now, to get the Latino vote is going to be a little more subtle because we they actually think differently. Oh, you're right. They have a, a culture and stuff, unlike us black people who are yeah. who know nothing. Just so again, so people, so since we're going to be running for president and no one takes this quote out of context, we are quoting Joe Biden. This is not our thoughts. <laughs> That's correct. I do not <laughs> believe that black people have a hive mind. I believe that Joe Biden believes that black people have a hive mind. Thank and you. I will happily say that on the debate stage because I do believe that is what Joe Biden says. Yeah. Yes, I think our... I would our, be uh, thrilled to debate Joe Biden. I would actually pay <laughs> money to debate Joe Biden. I would eviscerate that man. Yeah. He's got a half century in government. I've got zero time in government. And I guarantee I've accomplished more in my career than he has. This podcast yeah. is a greater yeah. political accomplishment than anything Joe Biden has done. Yeah. Yeah. Because we haven't done any policies that uh, throw black people in prison. So we were doing a, a fantastic job so far. I, I also have a, to a grand total of zero white supremacist friends. Well, J Jeff, you're just killing it. You should be president. No, no I, grand I wizard dragon mummies hanging around that we need, we need to find out about when you start running as president. Not, not in my, not no skeletons in my closet or grand wizards or anything. I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah. I love that you can't tell <laughs> if it's a KK member or someone playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> That's the best right. way to hide in plain sight. All right. Ah, so the other, the, I'm sure the, the white robes don't help, though. <laughs> the, other, the, the other big loss that Biden had just this week was his own party failed to pushed through his voting rights legislation by killing the filibuster. Oh, and by the way, within hours of argue, of whining that the filibuster didn't die, the Democrats decided to filibuster a bill that would have sanctioned Russia because, you know, there's no greater ally to the Democrats than filibusters that they say are racist and Russians. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we were already talking about this with the Georgia bill, how the Georgia bill is actually a great thing to do. Um, because it, one, it actually doesn't require an ID, um, a driver's license, because it does require an ID, but the state of Georgia will give you one for free. For free, so yeah. So it's not really a thing. And the, and the inherent also, racism that it takes to say that someone can't get an ID because they're black is the problem here. Yes, that's that's what's obviously believed by the Democrats, that they need they, we don't have an ID 
so we can vote, but we somehow have an ID so we can get a vaccine card to get a vaccine passport to go to, out to eat in New York. Or yeah. so you can, so, or you have an ID so that you can buy your 40s and drink on the corner. I mean, that is what they believe. Mm-hmm. That that black people are too, and this is not, again, not my words, listeners. This is the, <laughs> I'm speaking for the Democrat party. Black people are too stupid to get an ID to vote in an election, but they are capable of getting an ID to cash their checks, you know, cash their checks or to buy their 40s. Like that is it, or to get their welfare payments. That's that's the stupidity and the racism of the left is that it is racist to think that you'd have an ID to vote. Yeah. So I'm on the census.gov website. So I just want to read out the voter turnout by race and Hispanic origin. So in 2020, non-Hispanic whites voted at, had a voter turnout of 71%. The non-Hispanic blacks were at 63%. And guess where Asian and Hispanic were at, Jeff? Any idea? Hispanic, I'm say. Non-Hispanic, Asian, and Hispanic. I'm going to go with Hispanic, not Asians. I'm not sure. Hispanics, I'm going to go with 43%. So Hispanics were at 54 and non-Hispanic okay. Asians were at 59. Okay. And Asian, I wasn't. Asian, I was a little iffy on. I didn't know yeah, how, how Asian would look. But uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't terribly far off on Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they've all gone up from the 2016 uh, election. So pretty much what, what the Democrats are show- saying is that in 2008 and 2012, uh, black people voted at 65 and 67 percent, and and now they're only voting at 63 percent. It was like mm, they kind of had a black president that kind of got them motivated to go out and vote. That's all. It, that's all it is. It's pretty simple. But yeah, it's just it's just interesting that like whenever um, they compare white people and black people, they ignore every other race to, in order to, to push your point across. Or they'll the like all black people together as well. They do that a lot too. By the way, did you know that Joe Biden's approval rating with the Hispanics is uh, one of the lowest of any president in history? Yeah. Well, that's actually why the turnout for Hispanics were so high because of what he wanted to do with the border. And it's like, no, we came illegally. We had to wait in line. They need to wait in line too. Plus, a lot of them, like the ones in Florida coming from um, Cuba, it's like, you're trying to push socialism and we've are from countries and we know that happens. We know what happens. Yeah, his his approval them. rating in Quinnipiac, by the way, for, from Hispanics, just so everybody here knows is 28%. Hmm. Sitting pretty, sitting pretty. So yeah, this is, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, in 2004, also oh, just, we'll start real quick. 2004, no, um, non-Hispanic blacks turnout rate was at 60%. In 2012, it's at 63. So the trend, if you ignore the the first black president, is still going up. Um, 2000 in 2000, it was at like 52 percent. Um, in 1988, 47 percent. So like we're we're obviously trending upwards, <laughs> but somehow we're we're still being restricted in how we vote. It's just completely idiotic. But whatever. So what I was going to say is, by the way, so in addition to comparing anybody who disagrees with him to uh, Jefferson Davis and, uh, you know, 
uh, Jim Crow, things like that. Uh, Biden also went on a rat, rant about vo the voting rights bill. I, I don't know that we can get this done, but he, he exposed himself a little bit. I'm pulling up the video so everybody can hear it. Um, but he exposed the Democrats' intention here a little bit with why this is so important to them. Because he mentioned it's not about who votes, it's about who counts the votes, which I think uh, was a Freudian slip, in my opinion. He has a lot of those. He does. That's when, uh, probably when you get old, the mind goes. <laughs> yeah, senility does a lot to a mind. So yeah. just wanted to... It's done. I hope we can get this done. The honest to God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. Is this mic on? I guess. Anyway. And, uh, and I forgot about I'm that. Not sure. anyway, I hope we can get this done, but I'm not sure. But one thing for certain, one thing for certain, like every other major civil rights bill that came along, if we missed the first time, we could come back and try it a second time. We missed this time. We missed this time. And the state legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. It's about election subversion, not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? That's what this is about. That's what makes this so different than anything else we've ever done. I don't know that we can get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, as long as I'm in the White House, as long as I'm engaged at all, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moved. Thank you. And that's so, why he doesn't beat the, the cross a lot. That is. So I know that the, the way the media tried to play this off is that, that he's talking intentionally that way and that the, the Republicans are trying to make it so that only Republicans count the vote. None of the voting rights bills that have been passed have any in any way limited Democrats from being involved in the vote counting. In fact, they've guaranteed that both parties have representation, yes, um, which is what the Democrat Party hates. That's why they actively fought against that in places like Philadelphia and elsewhere during the 2020 election. Regardless whether you feel the election was stolen or not, the reality is that is something that we all watched happen firsthand. And, and Joe Biden said something that every socialist dictator in the world has ever said. It doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. And whether that was, you know, whether the media wants to tell us that was the intention of his comment or not, that was the intention of the comment. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, I wonder how Putin keeps winning. You think everyone's voting for him? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like these people yeah. were well, Kim Jong Un. These were, were elected. Like, mm, were they elected, or did they throw out Saddam Hussein? Votes? Saddam Hussein was elected in landslide elections constantly. Exactly. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, are we done bashing? Uh, Biden and Kamala. Yeah, I think I think for now. Yeah. <laughs> Until next week when he does something that is also Pretty stupid. Pretty much. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Because we kind of, I think we hit everything. Yeah, I think we've uh, hit on the, the big stuff. So maybe just jump to our uh, jump to our nerd topic. Cool. Let's do it. So we have a nerd topic that we're excited about, and a nerd topic that we're book hiding. So one, uh, Jeff Johns. The, uh, one of the greatest writers for comics. He's coming out with a, another series called Flashpoint Beyond. 
Um, and the other topic is John Cena's Peacemaker debuted uh, Thursday with three episodes. So, Jeff, which one are you planning to boycott? Uh, as everyone knows, I don't like anyone who spells Jeff with a G. Uh, so I'll be vo- boycotting Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense, Jeff. I agree with that. All kidding aside, I do hate people spelling that name that way. Uh, but all kidding aside, um, obviously Peacemaker. And it really comes down to, I mean, we talked about this before when we saw some of John Cena's videos um, before the Suicide Squad came out. But I have a hard time supporting anything John Cena's in because, look, most of Hollywood is a bunch of hacks that sell out to China. But John Cena is one of the biggest sellout hacks to China. And I literally this apologize is a in Chinese. Yeah, in perfect Mandarin, it's better than the English he speaks, um, apologizing to China for calling Taiwan a country. So instead of watching a show that I was borderline interested in to begin with, because the reality is Peacemaker is not a character anyone cares about. Um, mm-hmm. John Cena is not an actor that I care. I've said before, I think John Cena is a terrible actor. The Hollywood keeps trying to convince us that John Cena is the next rock. Because they came out of, they both came out of wrestling, and The Rock has been a massive success. And they keep trying no, to the shove John, John. Yeah, they keep trying to shove John Cena down our throat. And I'm sorry, but John Cena is not a good actor. The Rock is not. You look. The Rock is not Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not going to win any Oscars, but he's decent enough on screen that you can be entertained. John Cena yeah. is borderline distractingly bad. Most of the That's time okay. when he's acting, it is irritating to me. Well, and I think he was that bad until suicide squad when i saw him alongside of other great actors then it's like oh yeah you're a wrestler first and the actor second well, the rock and some of them evolved somewhat into being an actor um, and the rock knows his limits too the rock doesn't yeah. try and do big dramatic I, roles i do action i think because he or knows i do he can't. uh or i play a father figure those are those are what i can do he can do over-the-top comedy alongside yep. somebody like mike hart or sorry kevin hart um, mm-hmm. Or he can do, or he can do action, or he can be a father type guy. He doesn't try and do a big dramatic role. You're not going to see The Rock starring in the remake of Gone with the Wind. I would love that. That so would much. be. I would watch it strictly because of how bad it would be. That would be so much yes, fun to watch. That's why I would want to watch it. I, I would kill to see that movie. I, but, I feel like he he could break the original movie's record, which currently holds the record for the most money made in theater because it just came out so long ago. When like it was that was the only thing to watch. It was. It's also an objectively good movie. It is. But I'm also like the reason like there's so many old records that aren't being broken because there was a time where you could only watch that for the entire summer or the entire year. I mean that's tr- that that is true. Versus, but to versus. be to be fair to Gone with the Wind, it's the only one that old on that list because like everything else is like much more current, like the 70s and 80s. All right, but even the second then, like, second on the list, I think, is the original Star Wars. Yeah, but Star Wars had like a run of like the, almost the entire summer. Same yeah, with like, what I'm like saying Gauss. is in the 70s, there was a lot more in theaters than there was. Gone with the Wind came out in the 30s. It's a lot older than Star Wars is my point. Yeah, so my, my point is like even in the 70s, you still had a movie like dominate. It's like there was nothing. It wasn't something coming out every two weeks. That was my point. Yeah, I, I know. I guess my point, my, I, I agree with you. I guess my point was Gone with the Wind came out when people didn't like the theaters weren't people didn't go see the movies nearly as much as they do now. Right, Jeff. They were called movie pictures back then. They weren't called movies. Actually, they were called talkies. <laughs> Just Excuse saying me. that's actually the truth. 
By the time Gone with the Wind came out, it would have probably been called a talkie. Yeah, probably. I'm looking at the Russian movies all the time now. I'm interested. All right. But anyway, anyway, like the movies that made me realize that John Cena was bad, the, the Suicide Squad definitely highlighted it because Idris Elba, phenomenal actor, uh, Margot Robbie, phenomenal actress, um, and then everyone else in the movie, fairly good. John Cena, terrible. Sylvester Stallone gave a better uh, performance as King Shark than John Cena gave as Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And Sylvester Stallone literally just sounded like a mental patient talking to a C as a CGI shark. Um, so that's how, but, but the things that made me realize it before Suicide Squad is, have you ever seen the movie Cock Blockers? Yes. Yeah. John Cena's in that. It's a comedy about parents and they find out their kids are going to a party and it's not a good movie, but John Cena is super bad in the movie. I forgot about that. I, I watched that only once which is rare for me to do for comedies. Yeah, it's it's because John Cena's bad. He's yeah. not good. Yeah. Like so like the he did like the marine like so like right when he was trying to compete mm -hmm. with the rock. And that wasn't terrible, but it was only him in it. And like I had my expectations severely lowered. But like now 15 years later, you really the, the Marine was also, if I remember correctly, like a straight to DVD movie. So it had lower production value. So you expect less. I don't think that hit the theater. Um, I felt like it did. Remember and if it did know? hit the theater, it had straight to DVD quality production. Yes, it did. I agree with that one. So if it did hit the theater, that's bad. Because I assumed it was straight to DVD based on the production quality of the movie. That's what I got to check. It was like watching an 80s TV show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll let you know as we continue to talk. Please continue. To but anyway, so yeah, I'm boycotting the peacemaker. I'm boycotting peacemaker because a John Cena is a terrible actor, and so I didn't. It was a they picked a character I didn't care about. They picked an actor I don't really like. I like James Gunn as a director, but if they wanted to make that show and interesting, do a blood sport show with Idris Elba at the helm. I would have watched that. So would have everybody. But yes, I'm, that with Ratcatcher because I want to see him freak out about raw rats the entire uh, season. That would have been cool. Or do a Margot Robbie-led Harley Quinn show because she has made it very clear she wants to do more Harley Quinn stuff. Well, like I would have freaking they killed do. for that. Oh, yeah. What they could have done is like did that show and had it lead into like an HBO Max movie at the end. Because they're, they're Harley all going Quinn, you HBO mean? Max. Yeah. That would have been great. Like, yeah, because I feel like Birds of Prey should have had a show beforehand to flesh out the characters more. But she tried to shove in like a Harley Quinn they sequel. They did too much. And in a birth of prey introduction at the same time. Yeah, they tried to do too much. And, and so like there there are ways they could have got it, but the biggest thing is that I'm not gonna watch the Taiwan apologist um, on a show. I don't wanna give them the ratings. So in a year or so when the streaming numbers for that show don't matter anymore, I might go back around and check it out. But as of right now, as big of a DC fan as I am, and I like the HBO Max quality of shows right now, I have no interest in watching Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so um, the Marine did go to the um, was in theaters. It opened okay, to seven million dollars, seven million dollars, and it grows worldwide twenty two million on a budget. How much of did it cost to make? Twenty. Twenty million dollars, and it opened to a seven million dollar opening. Good grief! <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why Hollywood's still trying to prove to us that that guy's a star. 
That yeah, type of opening normally kills a career. It, it should. Because what's the guy? Who's the guy who did? Um, who did? Uh, he did Savages and Battleship, and there was something else he did all in like one summer, and they all bombed. And he was supposed to be like the next big star, and then because of those movies, he pretty much has been in nothing since. Battleship. Was well, he the one that was? Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alexander and Scar Dark, Scar Dark, something like that. Not Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård. There we go. Taylor Kitsch is not not Alexander Skarsgård. Taylor Kitsch is who I was thinking of. Oh yeah, he was because he did the Taylor um, Kitsch was supposed to be the next big guy. Yeah, but like, because he had Battle, Battleship and he did John, John Carter. Carter the other the the other and and he did um, Savages was the one I was thinking. But but the two big movies that opened the same summer were John Carter and Battleship. And John Carter is considered the biggest box office box office flop in history. It lost yeah. like three hundred million dollars. And granted, I realized losing thirteen million dollars, or actually they made two million bucks on the Marines. Well, so I realized uh, making two million well, is not, not really the same as losing three hundred million. But like, you also have to keep in mind like the advertising and advertising. Well, I didn't know. So twenty million was the production budget, or was the total cost of the it's, movie? It's production budget. So you're okay, so it lost some money, but it either way, it didn't yeah. lose John Carter money. I realized that. But that Taylor Kitsch's career has been dead ever since then. The guy has not yeah. been a major actor. Since Which, those movies bombed, it does, but it sucks because I loved them in Lone Survivor that came out uh in, in 2013. He actually wasn't bad in John Carter, mm -mm. actually, he's so not a bad so, actor. No, so in John Carter, um, the budget was 250 million and it grossed 280 million, so it but it lost like 300 million dollars in advertising marketing cost. Yes, uh, yeah, it, it, that's, got that's a, it got a Disney executive fired. <laughs> it's i remember reading about it at the time it's one of the biggest box office bombs in history because of it the is. amount of money they put into marketing that movie it was supposed to be their tentpole summer movie and it essentially was a break-even movie because nobody wanted to see it and so essentially made it a massive failure and taylor kitsch's career died with that movie mm -hmm. so that's what yeah. i'm saying like it's surprising john cena keeps getting these chances because uh I, I watch much better actors that are much better on screen lose their careers over lots uh, over one flop. And John Cena has never been in anything successful with the except with the only exception being the suicide squad in which he had like third billing, mm -hmm. which is again, not, not that I'm a Hollywood, you know, you and I are Hollywood insiders, but third billing on a movie means that you are not expected to carry it. And you're, barely in the movie yeah. and because the the two main stars of that movie were idris elba and margot robbie because they can carry a movie yeah i mean i thought joel uh kinnaman did better than, I, uh, I think joel kinnaman is a very underrated star to me he's one of my favorite people in hollywood absolutely mm -hmm. love um for all mankind his uh, apple tv show about space which is one of my favorite shows on TV right now. And his season of Altered Carbon, the season, the second season, which ended up getting the show canceled with Anthony Mackie was terrible. But the first season of Altered Carbon with Joe, with Joel Kinnaman, one of the greatest TV shows ever. Yeah. Sweet for all mankind. I think I'll check that out. Yeah. If you haven't, it's a endorsement for everybody listening for all mankind is a, like a counter history show on um, it's, it's, 
a scripted show. So it's not like a, a documentary. It's like a counter history about the space race as if Russia had gotten to, to the moon before us. And so oh, the, re- so the space race never ends. Yeah. Nice, so nice. the space race kept going and then we ended up staying on the moon and establishing that. And like, and Joel Kinnaman is the main star of the movie is one of the American astronauts or not movie, but show. And it is so far, there have been two seasons, one of hands down my favorite shows on TV. I absolutely love that show. Mm-hmm. best thing it is the whole reason i made sure when my apple tv free trial ran off uh ran out that i kept paying for it mm. nice and what's weird to me is that the most of that john cena is like completely replaceable you can put anyone in in his place in his in his place it's not like the rock like the rock it's hard to find star power power like the rock He's got the rock is one of the few stars that can right now can just get people to a movie theater on name alone. That's what it, that used to be the definition of a movie star is can yeah. you as a name like get Will people Smith, to the movie? Um, Will Smith Bruce. used to be, I don't think he is anymore. I don't think Will Smith has that kind of power anymore today. He did put out a few bad ones, he hasn't put out anything good in a while. I would say right now, those only the only stars I would truly put on that list. Would be Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, and The Rock. I'm trying to look now. Whoa. Because King Richard did okay on HBO Max, but it would not have done well in the theaters. Well, yeah, me and my wife are talking about that. Like, that name is so stupid. Well, the, na- the no name idea. was dumb, but. Yeah, you have no the idea. The name was dumb because nobody knew what the movie was about. But on top of that, I don't think that movie would have brought people to the theater. Will Smith and Will Smith's version of Aladdin Bond. Um, mm-hmm. it, um like, I don't think, I think Will Smith has the the star power he had tw- uh, ten years ago. That's fair. He, I mean, he, he will get people out for Bad Boys t- uh, Four. I feel. I think I see. I don't think that's a Will Smith thing. I think it's a Bad Boys thing. I think if Will that's Smith fair. wasn't in the movie, the movie would still do well. Not in this um, case because the people. Let let me rephrase. Let me let me make think, what I'm I saying. You more clear. If you took Will Smith out of the movie, it wouldn't do well because he's the star of the movie. But if that was if Bad Boys was a franchise that didn't have Will Smith established, but it still had the 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 history that Bad Boys has as a franchise, people would go see the movie. I don't think people are going to see it because of Will Smith. They're going to see it because they like the Bad Boys franchise. Okay, I can see that. And he happens to be attached to the franchise. And look, I'm not. I don't have a problem with Will Smith, so I'm not like trying to bash Will Smith. I just think his Hollywood status has diminished because he's stopped. I think a lot of it has to do with that. He's actively tried to take himself out of a lot of big movies because he only wanted to do family oriented movies. And so he ended up doing a lot of stuff nobody cared about. Like the whole reason Idris Elba replaced him in Suicide Squad is because he wouldn't come back. Yeah, very true. And, And so I think... I think he's tried to do too much. The other thing is I think recently his reputation has been destroyed by his wife who's made him look like a cuck on national television. 100%. Like so, I, I can't again, see you I don't as dislike Will Smith. I just don't. Extra star now. Yeah, it, it, I, exactly. You can't, nobody looks at Will Smith the same way after the things that came out of Jada Pinkett Smith's mouth. So I don't dislike him. I, I still think he's a good, I think he's a great actor and I think he's a good star, but I don't think he has... To me, I don't think he has like the Tom Cruise level draw. Maverick, whenever it finally comes out, the Top Gun sequel is going to do well because Tom Cruise is attached to it, not because anybody cares that they're making a Top Gun sequel 30 years later. 
That's fair. It's it's Tom Cruise. Like I think yeah. the, he I think he's and got that. I think Keanu Reeves has it. It was crazy because Keanu Reeves didn't have it for a while. I think Keanu like, Reeves there was, there was has a had it. Between, between like the Matrix and uh John Wick, where John Wick. people weren't people didn't really care what, what he did. Because he had a few I, I agree that, with that. that bombed. I agree with that. Like 47 Ronin, which I actually think is a good movie, but like Keanu Reeves has always had his core of fans. Like I genuinely have a hard time finding movies I don't like that he's in. Um, there are very few movies I think John Keanu Reeves is not good in. There are some, but not many. But he's had kind of a renaissance in his career brought on by John Wick. But the other thing that helps Keanu Reeves is he's such an genuinely likable star that people like, like it just came out that he donated 70% of his Matrix Resurrection salary to cancer research. People like going to Keanu Reeves movies because he's a guy you want to see do well because you root mm -hmm. for Keanu Reeves. Will Smith's lost a lot of that likability. Very true. Be largely because of his wife. Yep. Well, that and because he's thing. attached his name. The other thing that I think is going to kill his likability, this is just with me personally, is he's attached himself to the Fresh Prince reboot where it's a drama that looks horrible. Um, and that makes him unlikable to me because you took something that actually is good and you are just choosing to crap all over it. Yeah. Because that's like going to suck. It's, I, it's, without a doubt, a it will suck. It's a classic. You, you can't reproduce um, Fresh Prince. You can't reproduce Family Matters. Like they are um, Full House. Like the, it's just these are great. Don't touch them at all. Do something else. Yeah, just make something new. And the thing that bothers me even more is it's not just that they're rebooting it. They're like, oh, we're going to make it a serious drama. Do you not understand? Do you, do you have no concept of why people liked that show? Right. It had dramatic right. moments, but it was not a drama. And that's why people liked it. People don't want to watch a drama about the Fresh Prince. Just, I, I guarantee you it won't do well. I'm sure it won't. And I like guarantee it'll suck. Yeah. Like, I'm... It was really weird, like, because um, like when CW said they were going to do Rivendell drama, it's like Riverdale is a it's, it's Archie comics and and Jughead. It's like how can you make that <laughs> into like a comedy? It was like oh yeah, or into a drama, but it makes sense now because no one <laughs> really read the comics anymore. Nobody reads Archie. Yeah. Like the only you, person you I've ever met in my names. entire life, the only people I've ever met in my entire life who read Archie comics is my mom. <laughs> yeah. And it's, look, and like, she's somebody who doesn't read comic books, but like as, as a mom would occasionally like read her Archie, like when we were like, and this is when I lived in England and stuff. So there's not a lot of things to, and like we didn't have cable TV and stuff. So she would, you know, buy an Archie and read it like mm -hmm. Betty and Veronica and stuff. Like it's not highly popular. It's, I don't think anybody, I don't think any of the kids who watch Riverdale have ever seen an Archie comic book. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I bet they don't know it's a comic I, book. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Like, like they, they wanted to do like Powerpuff Girls. Like, that's going to bomb. They're trying to make oh, yeah, it's gonna the Well, they also lost their Buttercup. Yeah. Well, apparently, I don't know if you knew because, that, but the person who was yeah. slated to play Buttercup stopped, uh, stepped away. Yeah. I thought the uh, Blossom um, stepped away too. She might, I she might have. I'm not. You could be very correct on that. The only one, the only one I remember is Buttercup. But I also haven't been following the production on the Powerpuff Show. Jeff, what are you doing with your life? Thing is, I actually liked Powerpuff Girls, the cartoon. I did too. That's why I, I was 
100% sure. By the way, when we talk about horrible. By the way, since this nerd topic is spun off topic, since we when we talk about things like representation, Powerpuff Girls to me is a perfect oper- a perfect example of that. Is they didn't try and shove something down the throat of like, see, girls can be superheroes too. It was just something that was it was a good fun cartoon that had enough for boys and girls in it that girls could like it because it was girl heroes. Guy boys liked it. I liked it when I was a little kid. It's just like the vill- it was action. It was funny. The villains were funny, and I didn't care that they were girls. Yeah, I didn't dress funny. up like the Powerpuff Girls, but I thought they were fun to watch. Yeah, there was another cartoon, uh, Totally Spies, where like they were literally like they were in the mall, but then when they weren't at the mall, they were kicking ass. <laughs> That's what they were doing. I, so they were I like, don't remember that one, but I'll have to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Now I do remember my brother. It was a little bit after my time, but I remember watching it with my youngest brother. It was codenamed Kids Next Door. <laughs> that I love one was cool. It was a little bit like I only watched it a little bit because it was it was a little bit after I stopped watching stuff on Cartoon Network, but uh, like that's what I'm. But like when you talk about representation, that's what representation actually is: is like making something that's a genuinely new concept that is just good, and people don't mind whether it's a girl or a boy or or you know black or white or or Hispanic or whatever because it's just a good character. And you're like, okay, I'm interested in this. Not taking yeah. a character that's already known and loved and being like, well, now you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because like I was talk- talking to my wife about this, about how there's like no representation for women. It's like, all right. I was like, okay. So then I went back and like had her like watch uh, Alien with me, and she's like, oh, this is the woman is like the main character. She's, she's not the being star. Like, Sigourney Weaver's yeah. the star. Yeah, she's not. She's not being like sexually. Like, she's not, like her boobs aren't out or anything like that. She's just kicking ass for two hours. And they don't have to focus on her being a girl. She's like, this is a woman, and she's a woman action star right now. And that's it's it. It's the same with Halloween to... as far as horror movies go. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis is the star of Halloween, the one that Michael Myers is after, and the one that always gets away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's it's just weird that like, they're making this push. But I mean, they were doing that about um, Black Panther being the first black superhero movie, which just pissed me off so much. Because Blade was fire and actually kept Marvel alive. And Blade was actually a hands-down better movie. I'm going to say something controversial. Black Panther's not that good. Um, I've been saying this for a while. Marvel movies are good in the theater, but you can't like watch them watch them multiple times because you start to see uh, faults in it. But while you're like in front of the screen and like the theater sound system and like you're engulfed with it and you're watching with everyone else else that's loving it it's a completely different experience and completely different movie from when you watch it on netflix or disney plus six months later i will agree with that because they're good they're good popcorn flicks they're fun to watch yes they're like they're all like the independence day too it's like all right i'll I'll see this in theater i'm never ever watching this again yeah I would agree with that. And that's, so that's the thing. Black Panther was like, I don't, do I hate Black Panther? No, I think it's one of the better phase three Marvel movies, but I don't think it's a great Marvel movie. I think of the phase three movies, it's probably the best, except for, well, Doctor Strange was phase three too, I think. And I would say Doctor Strange was better. Yeah, I would say that was, that was better. I also thought Ant-Man was, and maybe it's because I thought Ant-Man was going to suck. But Ant-Man was a, a lot better than I thought. So I'm not sure if I'm... Like, I thought the first Ant-Man was pretty good. I did not like the second Ant-Man very much. No. 
No. Like I thought the first one, and that's, that's I think one is phase three, one is phase four. But I think the first one. Yeah, probably. I don't remember which. Yeah, because the first one was right after. Was it Ultron? right after Ultron? Yeah, so that's that's been the start of phase three. So they, it kicked yeah, off phase three. Right. So yeah, so Ant Man probably was better than than Black Panther, but I to me they're close. But like again, it, I don't think it's terrible. I don't hate, but it's not a great movie. It got a lot of applause because it was a black cast. And I don't care. My problem with like, it I don't is... have a problem with it being a black cast, but I also don't think that alone makes a movie good. No. So my problem with, with the Black Panther movie is like they they threw in too much American culture into Wakanda. That that I don't know why, but that really irritated me. Because from the like the comics that You know Wakanda's not a real place, right? They don't have yeah, I know, but culture. they Right, but they they I'm just give. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jeff, for that. Thank you. I tried to look it up on a map. I couldn't find it. That must be why. But like when they do Wakanda in the comics, like it's it has a like a distinct African culture. Like it's it. I'm trying to think of what as it should. Like, it's in the middle of Africa. Yeah, but like you, there's no influence of American culture from Wakanda, and it shouldn't because Wakanda is the better nation in Marvel. Like they're they're supposed to be isolated, but they're also way technologically more advanced so there's no reason why america should be in fact uh influencing wakanda so that's because yeah, that irritated me maybe more than it should but i, I will say i will say it's a funny point to be i understand why you're irritated by it. I, it did not bother me i didn't care enough about it to consider that point but your point is valid because the reason american culture influences other cultures in the in the world is because we are the superior culture we're the culture people want to be but that wouldn't be true of Wakanda. Yeah. So that's a, that's, that's a that's fair all. point. I had not really ever given that any thought. And so that wasn't one of my complaints for the movie. I just genuinely <laughs> think the movie's not that good. I think it's okay. I think a lot of the action sequences, like the coolest fights in the movie are the shorter ones where it's Killmonger versus just uh, T'Challa and, or T'Challa. I don't know how you say his name. Um, uh, he's a T'Challa. But T'Challa. But, you know, those weren't the predominant fight scenes in the movie. And I just thought, like, honestly, the best character in the whole movie was Killmonger. Mm -hmm. And when your best character is not your hero, it's your villain. That doesn't immediately make the movie bad, but it raises questions about whether or not the movie is that good. It it shows that it wasn't written well enough, in my opinion. Because if it's yeah. a action movie about the superhero, the superhero... Um, should look like he should have been the hero at the end. Yeah, like, for, there were a lot of people like hmm, maybe Killmonger was right. Like versus like with Thanos, like oh yeah, that makes sense that he's an evil well, person. And see, you can the sympathize example, with villain, but still think he's a bad person. People well, see in the example didn't think Killmonger was a bad person. The in the example I was going to give that that's a good example. The example I was going to give was like there the the closest movie I can think of that's arguably where the villain is the best performance is The Dark Knight. I think everyone would agree as much as Christian Bale was good in the dark Knight, Heath Ledger made his performance. Like even Kirsten Bale said, like he was really excited to come out and like really kill it in that performance. And then Heath Ledger did so well. He was like, he's outshined everything I've done. Um, mm -hmm. And and so he, the Joker was the predominant performance where you watched and you're like, this is the best thing I've seen, but right. you still but walked away from the movie. Like Batman definitely is the better kid. Like Batman's exactly. the you yeah. didn't walk away like, well, man, I wish the Joker had won. <laughs> exactly.
Why did he blow those two boats? Yeah. So, I mean, I can totally understand where, like, it could have been that Michael B. Jordan was the better actor. Because I actually do think of the two, Michael B. Jordan's probably the better actor. Um, mm, I actually don't like him as a, an actor as much as uh, I like Chadwick Boseman. I think he's a better really? actor. Mm-hmm. I, I like them both. I actually think Michael B. Jordan is better personally, but I, I it's just because I've seen him in a lot of things, and I think he has a good acting range. I don't think I think as a actor today, he does very one note performances, which I find irritating. But if you go back early, maybe, in his career, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm thinking of him now, not his over his entire career. But like, I, like, I feel like he's just been the same person in every movie. He I has been for a long, ever since Creed, basically, he plays one character. Yeah. But like recently I've been watching The Wire and he, he had a performance on The Wire in season one when he's young, very, very young. Like for mm-hmm. a second, you don't realize it's Michael B. Jordan. And his performance yeah. in that is very different. And it kind of showed me, okay, this guy's got good range. Um, okay. All right. That's fair. So, but either way, I mean, and it's hard to compare because, um, you know, one of them is dead and won't be in anything else. Um, so, but either way, my point is kill the problem. Wasn't that I was like, Oh, well, I thought Michael B. Jordan's performance was better. My problem was that I was like, genuinely, like you said, I, I was like, I kind of wish Killmonger had won. <laughs> he seems yeah. like he'd be a better King of Wakanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the problem is like, you may, it made you wonder like, is this guy really fit to be the king of Wakanda? Because Killmonger seems like a better king of Wakanda. Yeah. Like he's a little, a little extreme, but yeah. For being the king of Wakanda, I think Killmonger would have been better. Yeah. But like, you know, Black Panther was like, all right, we're going to go out and, and spread our love. I mean, at the end, Killmonger got what he wanted, which is Wakanda influencing the world the way it should. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's, that's how you know that Killmonger was the better villain. Because so I can't think of a time yeah. where, like, like to, to go back to your point, Dark Knight, I don't think having like, hmm, you know what? I should start bombing more people. I see Joker's Joe, yeah, point of view. I do think chaos, chaos should win some. Just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit. I don't know. I don't remember. We were talking about representation and went way off the map, but yeah, I think, um, I, I think we can, yeah, we can pull no, it back. Let's no, okay. I, yeah, I don't know. No, we, I don't know how to segue to something else. So we're just gonna make a hard we, jump. Yes, but we start. We started with John Cena, and somehow we ended with Batman saying, "Like, yeah, I could bomb a few people." So it's yeah, a logical progression. We made it back to DC. That's all you can ask we for, did. For, for, for nerd topic. So, and on the topic of Batman bombing people, let's talk about Thomas Wayne as Batman <laughs> and yes. the way in which he would handle things because Thomas Wayne is a lot more willing to bomb people. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because he saw... His, there, 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 there's a segue. We connected the dots. Oh, there you go. See, I, that's why I ended with Batman. So we can tie into this way better. That was my plan all along, Jeff. I'm there we go. Commentator. By the way, is um, that a Batman? Is that a the Batman hoodie? It is. I thought so. I do like it. Thank you. Let me let me stand up so you can see it better. Yeah, that is sweet. I do like that. Thank you. Is that for I'll the new movie or is it just coincidental? No, it's, it's from the new movie. Yeah, I, I, nice. I, I, I have Robert. I have Robert Pattinson on my shirt. On, on my I do body, too, but it's a Twilight shirt and it's glittery. Uh, I'll think of a tramp stamp. <laughs> no, that's just his initials. Oh, okay. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. I keep, I keep it classy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Anywho, Flashpoint Beyond. So, Flashpoint Beyond is a sequel to the Flashpoint series, um, which was 
it so flashpoint pretty much restarted all of dc um i think that's like the new 52 yes i think that's the first time that dc has done like a hard reboot like that if i remember correctly it is it is. Yeah. It, they've only done it twice. They did it with the new 52 and they did it with rebirth because they did not like the new 52. Um, well, so that's not really a, a hard reboot because they like merged them all together. For instance, like the, 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 the second Wally West didn't just go away. They just made him like another nephew. I guess that's true. I mean, I guess that's true. The only, they didn't like, in, they, they brought back rebirth, the old actually, continuity, like, but they kept the new one. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, so in that sense, then the new 52 would be the only time DC's done that in its 80 year history. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the flashpoint was a, an iconic series. I think it's probably my top five. I'll have to think about it, but it's, it's a really great one. And after that, the movies that they made, um, related to flashpoint was also fantastic because mm -hmm. a lot of times you can't do a movie. Uh, or you can't do a, a series justice in the movie because the movie is so limited. But they, I think they did a great job with the movie as well, even though Flashpoint is, what, like 60 issues? But besides Something that... like that with all the crossover stuff. Yeah, with all the crossovers and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought it was a fantastic series. Um, Flashpoint Beyond is coming back. Um, but this time it's going to be focused on the Batman from that alternate universe that Barry goes to. And then in that universe, um, Batman is Thomas Wayne, um, which is the father of Bruce Wayne. And essentially what happened is um, in that timeline, Bruce was up. Bruce is the one who died in Crime Alley, not Thomas and Martha. Yeah, he dies. And then the mother, Martha Wayne, uh, goes crazy and becomes a Joker. So it's, it's still you have the iconic Batman and, and Joker fights, but it's deeper because it's um husband and wife and actually on the ah. death yeah or and is on it, the death because is the joker actually the brother of bruce wayne as has been hypothesized based on some sprinklings throughout the 80 year history of batman we'll talk about that probably never but go on. <laughs> very true very true um they they yeah they'd bring that up a few times it's actually it's it's a theory that's out there and there's evidence to support the theory but there's never been enough to substantiate it yeah it's kind of an interesting theory but at the same time just, yeah like you said there's nothing to really dive deep into it but yeah anyway um yeah the the thomas wayne batman is is ruthless he carries two guns with him um instead of being a doctor he starts owning casinos instead so he, he still has the the money to you know bankroll being Batman, but he's out there uh, with guns instead of battle rings. So it's, it's a very interesting concept. Um, I like that. I think I think they're Earth Two, if I remember correctly. Now, uh, think, that might be right. I don't. Remember. I'd have to double check, but I think so. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's being written by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is behind pretty much. A majority of the iconic um dc comics and also behind the the um the current movies actually is he still behind the movies now i don't think i don't think he is i think he's got a hand in them but he's not uh yeah, he stepped down after one woman two if i yeah. remember correctly and, but yeah he's, he's behind the first five dc movies and help make sure they're connected because he's that's kind of what he does best is building a entire universe 
of characters and making sure that they all all falls together extremely well. So when they were and, when DC was trying to keep up with the MCU, Jeff Johns was there to you know keep everything nice and tight. Yeah, and just to provide some clarity for fans who are not as familiar with Jeff Johns as, as Mike and I, um, when Mike says he's behind most of the most most of the iconic Batman stuff, or sorry, most iconic DC stuff, I would say that's everything from the mid '90s on that is is a major DC occurrence had Jeff Johns tied into it. Prior yes, to that, obviously, yes. Johns was not involved. So Crisis on Infinite Earths and some of the early, early DC stuff, obviously not Johns, but Infinite Crisis, um, Brightest Day, Darkest Night, um, Flashpoint, Final Crisis, all of those were helmed by Johns. Yeah, he's um, he's also done, um, yeah, I will leave it at that. But yeah, he drove he, Rebirth. He, um, yeah, he did the Apocalypse was, War during the New 52. Yeah. I would say he's like the the closest to um, Stanley that DC has. See, I was gonna say he was the closest to a current day Jack Kirby. Okay, well, I mean Jack Kirby and, and Stanley are, are pretty. Yeah, close. no, I I think your example is fine. I was, it's funny that you said it because we uh, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, but yeah, and and he's responsible for saving a lot of characters that had kind of been thrown on a trash heap. Um, That's very true. He did. So he did. He brought back rebirths of a lot of characters in the early 2000s before they did the rebirth branding thing mm -hmm. yeah so he made like booster gold cool he like kind of fixed the flash because flash mm -hmm. powers were kind of everywhere and he kind of honed it back in and made him interesting again um green lantern was kind of out there for a little bit too and he, he brought mm -hmm. them back um, he fixed the aquaman. justice league he fixed aquaman aquaman, aquaman was a joke like everyone thought of Aquaman, they thought of like the, the Justice League show. The Super from, Friends. Like, yes. From like the the Super Friends. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like riding manta rays and all that junk. So. Yeah, I'm excited for Flashpoint Beyond. I, my, my biggest concern about it, to be honest, though, is I'm worried that it will lag or that it will take a long time to come out the way that um, the way that uh, Doomsday Clock did. Um, took me a second to think of the name. But um, so the problem, and I think because Jeff Johns has taken a step back from a lot of things he was doing, hopefully this won't happen. But Three mm -hmm. Jokers, Doomsday Clock, um, all basically Jeff Johns' big stuff in the last five years has taken two to three times longer to release than it was intended to take because Jeff Johns is involved in too much at DC because in my opinion, he's the only good continuity uh, writer yes, at DC. Like there are good writers of stories. Scott Snyder is good. Um, Brian Michael Bendis is somewhat good. I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of his as some people. Um, James Tinian is good. Like there are guys who can write good stories, but none of them write good continuity the way Johns does. And so he gets involved in a lot. And so I'm worried that Flashpoint Beyond is going to do have the same problem Doomsday Clock did, where it's going to be this big event that they're going to try and have it involved in a lot of stuff. And then it's going to take so long to come out that the other stories keep progressing and the impact of that story has no impact. Because Doomsday yeah. Clock was meant to reshape the DC universe and it took so long to come out that it ended up being basically nothing. Very true. Yeah, but the end, like, I didn't even care about it. Like the first maybe four, four mm -hmm. or five, they were on track. So yeah, they're still tying into all the other 
comics we were reading, and then it it went it started to slow down because it went from like monthly to um, bi monthly to whenever we can put them out. Whenever we can get an uh, get an issue out, yeah, and that's the process. So that's my only. I, I I think the story will be good no matter what. The question is yeah. how much impact do they want it to have on the DC universe and whether or not they can keep up with it. Because Doomsday Clock was built at like they built it up with the button and all that stuff in the Batman and Flash comics and Rebirth and like made the big buildup and it's going to dramatically change the way the DC universe looks. But then it took so long to come out. Everything else was like, well, we still got to write stories. And so exactly. all that impact was like, well, we've got to ignore what Doomsday Clock's doing because we can't wait. And so Doomsday Clock had no impact. That's my mm -hmm. only concern. I think the story will be fun to read. I think Jeff Johns is always good for that. I'm just curious on whether or not he can hit a timeline this time. Yeah. So, if yeah, I'm being we'll see. honest. See, I'm hoping it's good. Or I'm hoping it's not meant to have the impact as the others. So you can kind of just do it off by itself separately. That's what I would like. That's what I would prefer because that worked for three jokers is it wasn't main continuity. So it didn't matter if it took a while because it was just a story you were reading for the story's sake. If Flashpoint Beyond is for the sake of itself, it'll be great because it won't have to worry about what's going on in the universe. If it's meant to yeah. have impact, it will be a problem. Potentially. Yeah. yeah so I'm almost hoping that Flashpoint Beyond... It's just focus on that alternative earth so it doesn't impact what's currently happening right now yeah that's my hope but we'll, we'll see what that would happens. be ideal but yeah that the first issue comes out um april 5th um so yeah go get it if you're in the comics i think i'll probably pre-order mine online like i will it'll be the first cool. comics i've bought in over a year Yeah, so like That'd I cool. so so I guess for people that want to know, um, I started buying comics. So I was supposed to go to Japan, so I was like, all right, I mean, let me stop collecting a bunch of comics that are just going to sit in my parents' basement for a few years. And then when I found out I was staying, I was like, eh, I really don't care about jumping back in. And then Jeff stopped because I think something similar. He was just collecting a bunch of comics. It wasn't really reading them. I've got I've got fifty five hundred some odd comics, and I'm not reading them, so. It's not yeah. worth the money. I enjoy comic and, collecting, but you if it becomes a chore, it's not fun to do anymore. And on that happy note, we'll leave everyone. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone. See you.